everybody else. But where I come from, everybody don't get this shot. Have you lost your mind? You know how hard I work to get here? I put in too many hours. I sweat too much blood, too much tears. I worked hard to get here. Didn't nobody give me this. My daddy wasn't there for me. Are you hearing me? I didn't grow up with wealth. Didn't nobody pay me. I worked for this. Sweat, blood, tears. I earn every dime I get. Yeah. Right. Man, finally. We in the building. Been trying to get this guy on the podcast for a long, long time. Gave him the honor of being the very first guest, and it took two months to get him on. <laughs> man, it took man. two weeks. I don't know what he's talking about. But no, nah, this, this my this my big bro, man. Uh, from the day I got to McClure, this this dude, he took me underneath his wing, and he's been a big brother to me since uh, 02. So we known each yeah. other for for a while. So uh, I got Grant Agbo on on the line. Uh, a McClure grad, a Truman State alum. Uh, what's going on, man? What's up, brother? What's going on, man? It's been a long time. Yeah, since I 02. Know. Real long time. Feel like we uh we super connected. It's a strong bond that uh that I, I don't take lightly. So you know, I really appreciate you. Everything you ever done for me, I appreciate it. Likewise, likewise. All right, so uh, this is gonna be a it's, it's gonna be a little Q and A. You know, I'm gonna let you uh, kind of take the wheel and steer us how you want to go. But um, go ahead, tell everybody where you're from, and then uh, I want you to tell everybody how long you've been a hooper. Uh, man, my name's Grant Agbo, senior now. Uh, I'm from St. Louis, obviously. Uh, if you want to get technical, more so Ferguson, Missouri. Went to McClure High School. Then I went on to Truman State University. Played there for four years and okay. did my thing. I've been coaching for the last 10 years back in St. Louis, also St. Charles, uh, at various levels from freshman to varsity, junior varsity. So it's uh, it's been a journey. Uh, fell in love with basketball around the age of ten years old, and okay, that's where that's since where it began. Since a young lad, then okay, I forgot about the uh, the whole assistant coaching at Francis Howe. The which speaking of them, they almost made it to state. So hopefully, y'all can uh, y'all can get back out there next year and and actually make it. Um, you never know. I mean, obviously, you always have expectations. And uh, sometimes the kids can shock you. So, yeah, that's true. Well, we we're, we're gonna dig into that a little deeper because we're gonna talk about uh we're gonna talk about our run where uh, we almost made it to state and fell short. But uh, so you started hooping at ten. When did you realize you was you was pretty good? Um, man, I didn't really think I was really good until probably high school, honestly. Okay. Um, growing up where I grew up, they had a lot of hoopers. A lot of people could hoop. And, you know, I started in the YMCA. And, you know, obviously when you're young like that, a lot of people, a lot of cats with the handles and the, the uh, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of flash, they get a lot yeah, of attention. Yeah. They get a lot of attention. So, you know, and it, it Back when I was 10, you know, these dudes were stars. So now the 10-year-olds, they got they got their own Instagram pages and YouTube. Like, they really be stars. But a lot of things change. So for a long time, you know, I didn't really think I was that great. Um, and then, then obviously on the teams that I was playing on, I wasn't getting much playing time either. So right. that also lends into you know, how you feel about, you know, how good you were. Or how good you yeah, are. That, so that that makes sense, man. I uh, I guess on the on the flip side of that spectrum, I I was kind of like the uh, the star, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, being the best player on our team. Uh, grew up playing on a team called Magic, and uh, you know, we we played, you know, down in at Herbert Hoover, Matthew Dickey, you know, got it in everywhere, and uh, you know, it, it shaped me to to 
be the player that I, uh, you know, that I was. So, I mean, really falling in that right situation is definitely important, you know, especially at that young age. But like you said, you know, you got 10 year olds out here with, with Instagram now. And, you know, I guess they got, you know, 400,000 followers <laughs> and all that. So, right, you know, the game is, is definitely different than when we grew up playing because, you know, if we had all that, you know, to our, uh, our accessibility, man, we sky would have been the limit for us for sure. Yeah, it changes the game. It changes the game. Yeah. So, um, talk about high school. You know, you said you you uh, you didn't think you were really good till you got to high school. Um, I was fortunate enough to know you kind of your uh, you know your senior year, so I kind of missed the first three years. So, you know, kind of tell me a little bit about that. How you know from freshman ball to getting that spot on varsity how did that work out um man McClure we kind of you know we was at school where McClure was kind of that golden era uh my freshman year they had they was they had a varsity team that was stacked uh yeah, Terry Edwards shout Joaquin, out cousin Terry yeah legend Joaquin legend uh Bum, you may not know him, John Freeman, Bum, uh, Nelke, uh, I mean, so many, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm missing Keith Quinn, I can't even, uh, Joe Anderson, Big O, hey, Big O was on the squad, I mean, it was just so I many, remember Big O, yeah, it was just so many good players on the team my freshman year, so I played JV, okay, um, and so those guys, a lot of the older guys, because I didn't get to play with the people I grew up with, a lot of those older guys are the ones who really put that confidence in me, like Chuck Walls, that's my bro. Yeah. Um, um, Kobe, uh, uh, beat Brandon Washington, a lot of those guys that was older than me, they put that confidence and was like, yo, I guess here, it's yours. You know what I mean? So them doing that really gave me that confidence and let me know. Like, yeah, maybe I'll be a, I'll be straight. So I played JV freshman year, and I don't okay. really remember no records or nothing. I don't know. It was fun, you know what I mean? Yeah. But then, obviously, when it started getting real for varsity, that's when uh, sophomore year, Joaquin was obviously the man, big O. Then was the, then they was the leaders. And as a sophomore, I was just trying to fit in. Again, you know what I mean? I wasn't I never was a star, so it wasn't like right. I was trying to be one. I was just trying to fit in. I had groove, my body filled in, so you know, obviously, I knew, you know, I was one of the bigger guys. So with me and O and Stroby, you know, what I mean, we was all big, strong, tall. Joaquin, yeah, we had a great year. We won, we won districts um, against McClure North, and we lost to. Uh, Man, we, I think it was Oakville, Eureka or Oakville, one of them schools on some bullshit free throw. Um, bad call. It is what yeah. it is. That was just horrible. Um, and then, again, that was a great year for me because um, now a lot of people recognize me. Now I grew. I had a good season. I had a good – I really had my best games in the biggest games. So Gosh, like, yeah, that's important right like there. The district, like the district championship game. I don't know. I don't remember the number, but I know I had the most points. Or okay. like the conference championship game, I had the most points. You know what I mean? Joaquin was the man, but, you know, yeah, he, he, if he I had 20, he had 19. So it wasn't like it wasn't like I overshadowed him. It was just people people come to watch him. Yeah. And it's like, well, shit, who is that? So yeah, that's, now, that's so about now, taking advantage of that opportunity, man, for sure. Right. So now the buzz grew a little bit. So then now I'm playing AAU, doing all that good stuff. Coming into junior year, I know, you know, pretty much like it's my squad now. You know what I mean? So now I'm kind of used to knowing that you know, I'm starting, I'm playing. Y'all throw me the ball first, and then we can see what else we can do second. So it was just a different, <laughs> it was a different vibe. <laughs> And, and Coach Jacob was the coach then, still, right? Yeah, he was coaching us. The yeah, whole. he was always he was always your coach. Is that my freshman year? But yeah. Okay. Yeah, Coach Coach Jake. Now I got mad respect for him. He 
taught me so much. Um, I mean, you know, so our, our stories are kind of similar. You know, I took the, uh, you know, I started out at Cardinal Ritter and came in as a freshman and saw, you know, tried to get some permanent time on varsity and, you know, I just wasn't, I wasn't focused, you know, I, I, I expected it to be handed to me. So, um, you know, I kind of fought it around and did my thing on JV, uh, got the dress out for varsity games, got to go to state with them boys. Uh, then sophomore year, you know, I just knew I was going to be on varsity, uh, but still was out there farting around. So, you know, I was found myself back on JV, uh, you know, where I was just, I was killing it left and right. So, uh, you know, going into my junior year, I actually transferred. That's when me and you met. Because uh, as I'm transferring in as a junior at McClure, you know, that's your your senior year, which I hope you would say that uh, that was probably the best year, you know, of your high school career. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. Put in some close. work for sure. Yeah, that's not even close. That was that was a great year. That was but, fun, so, man. So, so let me ask you this, because, like, sometimes – now that we older, we just don't know how certain things happen or why they happen. So let me ask you this. What what prompted, like, how did you even move to McClure? Or, like, how did that even happen, though? So I always lived, uh, we always lived in Ferguson, um, you know, since oh, I was okay. 11 yeah, or 12. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was always in district. And I used to go to, you know, Coach Jay, he had the, uh, the camps during the summer. So I used to always go to the camps. So I was Damn. familiar with, with him a little bit. But, you know, I was always – I grew up going to smaller schools. So, me and two or three of my best friends, we all you – know, our parents decided it was best we go to, to, to Ritter. So, you know, I got to Cardinal Ritter, and my mom let me do them two years. And she was like, man, I, I just – I don't want to keep paying for this, you know, this education, you know, when you can be going right down the street to school for free. You know, so I fought with her that whole summer to, to try to stay, you know, and she, she decided, you know, it was best for me to move. And yeah. you know, do something different. So, you know, I resented it for the first, you know, month or so. You know, and as Coach Jay started introducing me to y'all, you know, you, Stroby, uh, JD, uh, you know, Marvis, Theo, met all y'all guys, Jermaine, Real Rice. Um, I just thought I felt at home, you know, and uh, I was actually scared I wasn't going to get to play junior year because, you know, the whole transfer rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we had to go to state, and I knew Coach Jake, man. I knew he was cool when, you know, he he offered the drive to Jeff City for us to, you know, you know, stand in and fill the gap and say, hey, you know, he's not transferring for basketball. It's financial hardship. He can't afford to, you know, pay where he was going. And, you know, the state said, hey, man, we, we agree. You know, it's all good. You sit out a couple games, you know, and then the, the rest was history, really. You know, we went to, uh, what was that, the Rolla Christmas tournament, I think? Yeah, that was the turning point of the season right there. Yeah, man, that's when, uh, you know, Ty Blanks, you know, I don't even know what he's doing these days, but, you know, it, it was unfortunate, but fortunate for me, you know, to uh, to be able to step in and, and help out, you know, the team. And I guess that's when you can say I took his spot. And, uh, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people didn't like that, but, I mean, I had to go out and ball that tournament, so uh, – yeah, that was like the turning point of the season, man, for real. Yeah, I remember that championship game. We was getting our asses whooped. <laughs> we, we was down 20 and a half. Oh, man. Who was we playing? Like we, Hillsborough or somebody? I don't even know. We were playing somebody. I don't know who. I remember. <laughs> Some little rural school out there. And yeah, no, I remember. He, he tore into us and we, we turned it on. Yeah, we came out. He said. <laughs> At halftime, he said, no more, you know, he said some interesting words, but he was like, we're, we're just going to get up in their asses. Yeah, <laughs> we came out 55 tough, <laughs> went on man, like God. a 12-0 run. I was in the back just like, damn, these niggas keep scoring. <laughs> <laughs> man, I ain't going to lie, man, that was the best, I ain't, that's the best team I've ever been on. Um, and I think I've been on some good teams, but, man, just to have you and Stroby down there, like, controlling the paint. Stroby breaking people's nose, you know. <laughs> and then we got, you know, firepower with at the guards with Marvis and little Rob was, you know, getting some clock at that time too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's crazy. And now his son, you know, his his son, he on track to be one of the best, man, I think. 
one of the best point guards. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Shout out to to Rob, Lil Rob, and Big Rob. Um, but I think that Rolla tournament, I think that's when we started out, man. And remember, we we won like twenty something straight. Yeah, that Rolla tournament. That's when I think we kind of like, you know, it, I think it was still a little, like you said, as far as like spots. So, I mean, obviously, me and Stroby, that's me, Stroby, Jermaine, and and. And Terrell Rice was kind of the four bigs that was going to play. So it wasn't really nothing to argue about with that. But with the, like with y'all, pretty much the only person I was really locked was Marvis. You know what I mean? Because, you know, Rob and John was kind of, it was kind of like a toss up for a minute, but Rob got in trouble. And then you and Terrell Blanks kind of was a little toss up for a minute. And then sometimes Theo would just look better than all of y'all. So it was always like a little thing we, you know, it just seemed like, it was always a little animosity. It was always love, but a little like, man, I'm trying to do this. So I'm trying to get my spot back. I'm trying to take his spot. Yeah. So I think that Raleigh tournament kind of just, it was just like, all right, man, this is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, so all of that kind of just went to rest. Yeah, it kind of, like you said, it set the tone, man, for the rest of the year. And like I said, we went on to win 20-something straight. Uh, you went on to win conference MVP. Um I'm looking at the numbers now. You averaged 19 and, and 9 that season, which in the suburban north, man, in my opinion, that was that was like the top conference. I mean, when I, I we started playing conference teams, I'm like, man, this this like the big boy stuff. Cause at Ritter, we was playing it it wasn't Trinity, it was Acquaintance Mercy at the time. And we was playing like Kennedy and playing all these small schools. So we started playing like Hazelwood Central and I'm like, man, this this the real deal right here. So, for you to be conference MVP that year, man, that that speaks volumes to to the work you put in for sure. Yeah, what, I mean, that was that was that was good. I mean, I had won the same award the year before, but we only won like 13 games, so it didn't really matter to me. Okay, I, mean, I, yeah. was, I didn't know that. I didn't know you won sophomore year too. Yeah, well, my junior year, I won junior senior. Junior year, so. yeah, my bad. And, you know, obviously it's good to say, you know, always something that you can never take away. But that senior year, like, just the team success just outweighs all of that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, all of that stuff is cool. But a lot of it I had already got the year before. So it didn't really didn't really matter. Yeah. And you could tell that. That's, what, that's one thing I really, you know, I, I felt the vibe on you with that where I, you, were, you were such a team player, man, where – you know, obviously we knew at times we needed to get the ball to you. You know, you was the go-to to get some some buckets in the paint. But like you said, you you really – you thrived on the, the team success more than individual accolades. So most people probably wouldn't even notice that about you. But like I said, I picked that up from day one. Like this dude really wants to win. Um, and so when we got to, you know, state quarterfinals and lost to Popular Bluff, man, I I was more so devastated. You know, I knew I had one more year to try to – you know, get that get that state title, but I knew that was the end for you guys. And so, you know, tell me, look, do you remember that that how we lost a game? We should have won, actually, but um, do you remember that? Man, that I remember. Game? I remember we. Uh, I remember we came out, came out, you know, came out early. I think they played us, man, and we just killed that. Um, so we came out. We was hitting shots. We was up seven with the ball and I remember this but I, not because I remember I watched the tape or whatever so we up seven with the ball my dumb ass threw a lousy <laughs> threw a lousy lazy bounce pass to Marvis at the top of the key uh, the dude they had I think it was Ben Hansborough Tyler little brother he got the steal he stole the ball off my lazy pass um, he goes down, he tries to make a layup. He misses the layup. And if you remember, the brother they had, the only black dude, he cocked hey, it back. Cocked it, yeah. Caught it off the rim and dunked it. Right at right at halftime, right at the buzzer. That was game changing. And that was I think that because now that now that gave them that confidence and you know, now now that we older, it's just like the swing of things. At the time I was just like, Oops, my bad. Yeah. But you know, now I know, like, fuck, that probably lost. You know what I'm saying? Like, that that was a big change in momentum. 
because we go in. See, we bought it. I remember walking down and like, damn, did you just see that dunk? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like, it was man, crazy. I remember. We were so man. caught up in it. So it's like, yeah. you know, instead of being like, man, fuck all that. You know what I mean? Like, we just. They came out. They played a zone. We missed shots. Uh, Stroby was sick. You know, I don't know if you, not, a lot of people may not know that. Stroby was sick. That's why he only had two rebounds. So when he averaged like 19 or something crazy like that. So. Yeah, that that's an off night for him for sure. So he was sick though. So <laughs> and then we just missed shots. You know, we couldn't get the ball inside because Tyler was up at the top of the key in the middle, and you couldn't really, you know, what I mean, couldn't really drop. They was playing a one-three-one basically with him yeah, at, the, at the elbow, so we couldn't drop. And we had just never seen that, you know, because obviously, like you just said, the teams we play, McClure North, Hazelwood Central, Hazelwood East. Yeah. They're not playing that week. You know, weak ass no. <laughs> For real, you know what I mean? Like we just going yeah. against each other. So we never it saw was, it. It was different. It was different for sure. Yeah. And then we just we couldn't make the shots. And then I, I mean we still had a chance with like three minutes. We was down four. Um and I, I think it was Theo took a three, went in and out. It was in and then it dropped, came out, and then they came down and hit a shot. So instead of it being down one. We went down six, and then that kind of we just got too far back. But yeah, man, I I I despise that that game, and uh, I think that started my hate for Tyler Hansborough too. Like at that point, I I literally I never been a fan of him since that, you know. So especially I mean, just he get to North Carolina, I'm like, man, this dude was so garbage in high school to me. Now, granted, <laughs> he came back his senior year and he did his thing, but. When we played them, I'm like, man, I think he missed a couple dunks. You know, he was just – he had the height and size, but it just – it didn't translate. You know, he didn't look like a number one player in the country at that time. So, I just grew to not like him at all, ever. So, and I still don't like him to this day. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean – yeah, I mean, I, I was more dis- – my disdain was because he went to North Carolina. Said, I'm a Duke oh, yeah, fan. That's right. You, you're a Dukey fan. No, we're uh, gonna get into that too, man, because I, I got some stuff for you on that one. Uh, biggest thing with them losing Boogie Ellis, you see that? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about that, but yeah, um, so I mean, my senior year didn't end no better than yours. We lost, shoot, at the buzzer in district championship. So, I mean, that, I heard who made not, that shot? Uh, I want to say it was Tyus, Alex Tyus. Oh, uh, him or Zach Riley? I don't know if you remember Zach yeah, Riley. I, I, yeah, I'm still cool with Zach. Yeah, I think Zach hit that shot. It was a corner shot. I had fouled out with like four and a half minutes left, which I hadn't. I don't think I had fouled out a whole game that season. So I fouled out, and uh, man, we had the lead at that point too. So the lead just starts slowly dwindling away. I'm like, man, we can't lose this game. And then slowly but surely, man, Central tied it up. Then, like I said, they they got the ball in the corner, like, with a couple seconds left. And Zach hit that shot, man, and killed us at the buzzer. And so, you know, that that stuck with me. I just – I blame myself for that, you know, because, like you said, in your case, you was the leader of the team, you know, and I I was the leader of the team, you know, my senior year, you know, won conference MVP. Um and so I, I just expected better for us. And, you know, I feel – that still stayed me. You know, I feel like that was our year to win state for sure or at least get close. So, you know, we had Claggett that year. Um, so he brought – you know, he brought some stuff with him because, you know, Clag is – at that time I didn't know Clag was who he was, you know, so. Oh, yeah. He was St. Louis man, you, you talking about first couple practices, he out there playing with us, pulling up from half court. Wet, wet. I'm like, this dude don't mess. And then he'll bring cats like uh, Tatum would come. He brought Tatum a couple times. Tatum would scrimmage with us. He killing inside. I'm like, man, who is this dude? (laughs) Slowly, slowly I start doing my research. I'm like, okay, this this dude's the real deal. Because I wanted Jacob still. Like, I didn't like how they they made him choose. Um, So then when we got Clagg, I was like, all right, I guess I could work with this dude, but 
yeah, we we didn't get the success I wanted. But let's transition, man. To to your, uh, you went to Truman State. How did that come about? Uh, Truman, Truman came because I played AAU with a kid named Austin Kirby, who uh, okay. he went to Parkway Central, Central, didn't he? Yeah, he went to yeah. Parkway Central. Who uh, they went to state my senior year, yo junior year. He's first team on Metro, so um, he had a good year, good high school career. So he went up there, and uh, I decided to go up there with him. Because it was a familiarity, I was yeah. you know I, knew, I was guaranteed to play right away. Um, obviously, it's not something I I could say I wanted to do, but you know I didn't want to take the JUCO route or you know have to do any type of partials and things like that. Yeah, so, I, I went to Truman. Had a great freshman year. Was freshman of the year. Uh, I was the team leading scorer. So I made an immediate impact right away in college, um, traveling all over, having fun. Uh, we didn't win many games, but um, it was obviously, you know, that's what basketball went from just being fun to like, no, nah, this is a job. <laughs> yeah, it's a job. It gets serious in college, man. And a lot of people lose focus of that. Like once you get to the next, once you get out of high school, it's it's like strictly business. Cause you, yeah, because these coaches, step away these from coaches get paid. Yeah, these coaches yeah. are getting paid. They can be fired. They need you to perform on the court and in the classroom. Yeah. So was Truman was Truman your only offer? I mean, you know, did you have any anybody? No, else I had a uh, I had Quincy Truman, Jury, um, uh, some other like Lewis. Um, Northern Colorado. Okay. And there's a lot of like some JUCOs and stuff. But yeah. those are the those are the real main offers. And then it came down to Truman, Quincy, and Northern Colorado. Those are the three. Gotcha. Yeah, I kind of had um I mean I had a, a few a lot I had a lot of interest uh kind of going into senior year and then in the middle of the year. Uh, you know, start getting some stuff from some Missouri Valley Conference schools. So uh, Indiana State was reaching out. Uh, I was getting some stuff from, you know, like the little generic stuff you get from Kansas and stuff like that. Uh, but I mean, it was really like Missouri Valley Conference schools. And so I'm like, all right, this, you know, I might be able to take it to the next step. I always felt, you know, I had that confidence to, to make it to the next level. But you know, I unfortunately went the JUCO route. You know, I should have went to instead of Flow Valley, either uh, just go went straight to Umsu or went to to Mineral Area. Um, you know, but I was trying to stay home close to mom, and uh, you know that turned out to be a bad decision, but a good decision. So, you know, in hindsight, you would I would change it, but I wouldn't change it if that makes sense. But um, yeah, yeah, man, I just you know I I kind of little memory you know but you know as my kids get older you know it's stuff that I'll show them like hey you know I wasn't I wasn't a bum you know I was getting letters from some schools and <laughs> I was drawing some interest you know because every even I coach you know right now I got an eighth grade boys team and they they just think I'm out there just to be doing it you know so you got to always kind of remind them at times like this is what I used to do this is what I do so you know, that's why I talked to you about that men's league. You know, I'm about to get back out there and, uh, you know, have to dust it, dust the Jays off. <laughs> dust it off. <laughs> so you uh, talk, talk about the, the transition. So you went from playing, obviously, you play all through as a kid, played through high school, through college. That wall kind of, or that time frame kind of expired, you know, where you stopped playing, so you transitioned to coaching. So, you know, what's like the biggest thing you've learned from coaching? Um, man, the transition shit. It was just so when when you realize it's over, at first you really don't believe it. Yeah, it's um, a shock. It's a culture shock yeah, for real. It's crazy because that's all you kind of know, especially yeah. right like right around August September when you got to start getting in shape for it. Um. So I found myself kind of like just going to gyms 
like just to just go watch people play, go practice, or just go into like the rep. Just you know what I'm saying? I'm so used to it. Yeah. And and you you mentioned Clag earlier. I never thought, I never really thought about culture. I was I just went up to McCoy to go watch a practice. With I was just watching Clag. I was just watching the the team or whatever because I was just so used to being in the gym around that time. And uh, he doing practice. And obviously, I knew Clag. So he's like, Gee, bro, what's up, man? Da 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 da. He said, Go in there and grab a, uh, go ahead and grab a t shirt and some shorts. I'm thinking it's just so I can just have some apparel. Yeah. And so I go and I was like, Appreciate it, blah, blah, blah. He said, Come up here tomorrow, man. I want you to talk to the kids or whatever. I was like, All right, cool. I come up, talk to him. I get done talking. He was like, Man, you should be a coach. He was like, I'm going to have a spot available next year. You should be the freshman coach. I was like, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, just like that. Just like that, right. Man. So it kind of just started from there. And then obviously when you're just in the gym again, and at the time, I'm glad I started with freshmen because they these 14, 15-year-olds, and you can see them so raw, making in, so innocent, making mistakes. And at the time, I'm 23, so it really feels like, Damn, I remember. I'm still close enough to. Where I remember that day, right? I was right. in the same gym where you went. So it was just, it it just, I coached, and a lot of times coaches coach because it still keeps you competitive. It still keeps you learning the game, and that's how you truly know you love it. You know what I'm saying? So like that's that's where that really comes from. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't I haven't got on that school level yet. Um, so like I say, I'm just you know doing the stuff with the with the eighth grade boys right now, but, you know, building down here in, in Dallas, building uh, my program up, DFW Magic, and, um, you know, just adding more teams. And, you know, I'm going to surround myself with, you know, a good group of coaches where, you know, obviously I can't coach every team that I'm going to have. So, you know, just building that culture. But, I mean, kind of similar to what you said, man, this is just like a love, a love for the game. I have to remind the kids I coach all the time, like, hey, I don't get paid for this. Like, I'm literally – sacrificing family time, time away from my kids to be out here helping y'all, you know, and that's that's true love for the game. You know, I I went through, like, that transition period you talked about. Like, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life, you know, because I literally had no plan B. It was hooping. If I don't make it to the league, I'm going to go overseas. I'm going to do something. Um, and when all those doors kind of closed, you know, I started working for Sprint and – you know, shout out to Sprint. You worked there too, um, but you know, I working for yep. Sprint, working for all these cell phone companies and stuff. Man, I'm like, you know, this this whack, man, for real. Like, just found no peace and joy in that. So, you know, to be back coaching, it kind of, you know, it, it brings a little joy back to your life. So hopefully, you know, hopefully I'll be on that school level. You know, like you, um, you plan on trying to get to that that the head coaching job eventually. Different yeah, school, I mean, that's want to stay put. No, it probably, I mean, obviously, you go where the best opportunity presents itself, but uh, that's obviously a goal, a goal of mine. Um, because that's you know, I, I could say when I first started, it probably wasn't, but now it is, yeah, just because just because I've had I've had an opportunity to coach, you know, McClure for five years, and that's predominantly all you know all black and then five years of Francis Howe, which is predominantly totally different, but yet I've had success in both. And so that gave, that just lets me know, you know, the ability, sometimes when you have the ability to coach kids that are just a little bit more gifted, stronger, yeah. faster, more athletic, you know, you can get away with more. Yeah. Because they're just so much supremely talented. That's not, not to say that's not coaching, like Steve Kerr is a good coach, but let's be honest, would he be nah, he, would he be Steve, would he be Steve Kerr if he was coaching the Knicks? Like no, no, nah, nah, he he's so, he's literally out there just managing <laughs> timeouts. Exactly. So when you when I feel like like seeing that I was able to have success with kids who aren't as athletic, who have to use literally their heart and their brain and their their will, um, and they have talent. Don't get me wrong, just not as much. And they have to work as a unit better. That's that's more so real coaching. So I just just to see both sides. I think I've graduated mentally to yeah. be able to say, you know, I can I can coach anywhere. 
any level, anywhere, no matter the yeah. dynamics, public, private, mixed, white, black, it doesn't matter. Because that's what's that. The message yeah, you, built, you built that resume, way. man, for sure. So yeah, what's that? Y'all came one one game away from making it to state this year. No, we made. No, we made it to state. Y'all made it to state. Oh, yeah. okay. So final four team. And y'all met CBC and <laughs> know that game was probably like an emotional roller coaster for you, coaching against <laughs> your, yeah, that, your nephew. You got your your bro <laughs> on the other side. Yeah, that was fun though. It was crazy. It was fun. Yeah, man, that, nephew. I would have loved to been there for that one. Yeah, it was funny because uh, they in, they did the intros. He came up, and uh, we kind of just looked at each other a little smirk. And I said, "Nephew, I love you, man." He said, "I love you too." <laughs> it, it was just funny, you know. Big my little my bro, Mike Cross is over there, and then I got to know Tatum a little bit through Mike. So okay. it was just it was uh it was it was funny. But I mean, yeah, I, I wanted to whoop their ass, though. Don't get it twisted, like. I, I bet, man. That's I, that's I a competitor. You, know I mean? yeah. you ain't laying down. Yeah, they got. Hopefully, they got the to see Mike. Uh, hopefully, I'll see Mike uh, next month. Well, actually, the end of this month for EYBL. Be here. Uh, I think it's like the twenty, twenty fifth through the twenty sixth or something like that. But I talked to him. He said he was coming down. So. Oh yeah. Get to... You'll run it, Tom. Yeah. No, he, he said he's gonna be out there selling his gear, so might might cop some from him. But uh, I mean, I guess we can we can talk about <clears throat> talk about Duke real quick. Uh, since you you talked about coaches that you know, I look at Coach K, man. Coach K is a, a hell of a coach, but I mean, he's getting top level talent every year, year in year out. You know, I think Coach Izzo is actually a better coach. Um, you know, than than Coach K, but I mean, Coach K is probably you could probably go one A one one B with them. You know, they both really up there. But I know you, I mean, you, you I know you mad about the season this year. Everybody expected Duke to win. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know where to start. I, I this the first year, man, where it was like a consensus. I think they said. Going into the final four, like ninety percent of people brackets was bust. Ninety five percent, it was some crazy percentage, but everybody had Duke winning. So uh, I, I, I mean, how did go so, like when they lost? So, um, I mean, so Coach K, I mean, he's the he's the goat coaching because he's the goat. I mean, I understand maybe the last five years he's had, you know, a bunch of one and dones. So yeah, I can I, I can also admit he he's not really doing much coaching now, as much as he's letting those players kind of be those players. Um, but before he before the one and done, you know, you say Izzo, you say Bill Self, or who, who any of these other guys, yeah, you know, um, he wasn't always getting a bunch of one and dones. He had a lot of four year guys. Because it's Duke, there was academic requirements. So there's a lot of kids he couldn't even recruit just off the jump, even if he wanted to. Yeah, um, that makes sense. So, and he was able to have a lot of success um, with, you know, if, you know, Jalen Rose called him, what do you call him, Uncle Tom? <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, which is not true. But he wasn't, you know what I'm saying? He just wasn't getting the Jalen Roses. He wasn't getting those type of kids, and he was still able to have a lot, a lot of success. So before, you know, all the one-and-done stuff, he's, you know, he's still probably the best one. Izzo's all right. I mean, he's all right. No, I ain't going to hate on the, the coach. Roy Williams never gets enough credit. He should get more credit, I, honestly. Yeah, I think uh, so. But some of my favorite coaches is like John Beeline, Michigan. I think he's a great okay. coach. Uh, Dana Altman in Oregon, I think he's a great coach. Bruce Pearl's a great coach, um, I think. Um, you know, those are some of my favorites that, you know, just some of the ones that Chris Beard at Texas Tech, I'm starting to pay attention to him more. He seems like he's going to be a real great coach. So, and then obviously yeah. Bennett at Virginia, he finally won the big one, Jay Wright at Villanova. So I love a lot of the coaches. 
Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's I a lot of coaches emerging, good. man. So you got a lot of younger guys that's kind of not necessarily knocking the older coaches out the way, but, you know, they're they making names for themselves as well. You know, you saw that this year with the Final Four. You, you know, nobody predicted to get that championship game we got. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, that was horrible. <laughs> hey, but it turned but, out to be a good game, man. Yeah, it was, it was a good game. Yeah, it was a good game. But, you know. Uh, I, think, I think we turned it on the second half. Yeah, but those two coaches are really good coaches. So, you know, coaching is always going to be important. Duke is just Duke, though, so it's a different level. Yeah, I wasn't mad that they lost. I mean, you win some, you lose some. I think right now, I don't even think Duke cares if they win or lose. It's more so just growing the name. So, you know, what they're doing right now in the last five, six years is uh, is really just trying to make sure that, you know, the name recognition moving forward for the younger generation is going to translate. It's going to still be I mean? relevant, man. Yeah, that's – because they have they, – they're looking at it way bigger than just, you know – I mean, Coach K got five chips. He got the most wins. I mean, eventually he's going to have to walk away, and they just want to sure. make sure that the name can uh, hold weight moving forward after he's gone. So I think they kind of just, you know, just get the talent, get the names, get the ones people know. And if we win, cool. If we don't, I mean, we still do. Yeah. So. And I see uh, Coach K, man, he uh... – Saw it on Facebook. I forgot who put it up, but he was out, you know, in the loop looking at Cam and uh and Caleb Love, and that's, I mean, that's big time for not just them two, them two kids, but you know, for for a lot of kids in St. Louis to know that, you know, eyes are always out on you, you know, and I think a lot of times people feel, I mean, it's kind of different now, like we said earlier, you know, you got social media, Instagram, you can put up a little mixtape, you know, and coaches gonna see that, but. To actually know Coach K came to Saint came to your hometown, you know I think that made kids more aware. Um, whereas I I feel like when I played, um, you might feel the same way too possibly, but it just felt like it was so far fetched, man. You know it it was more of a eye opener for me. You know playing with Gateway in the summer on um, the AAU circuit. You know we playing Dwight Howard and Josh Smith. You know, I got J.R. Smith coming baseline, reverse dunking on me. Um, man, that was that was like really my eye opener. Like, man, this is this for real. We was in yeah. Vegas, and, and J.R. Smith come baseline. You know, I go up for the block. He reverse on me. He on the other side yamming, and so I come down and right along the baseline, man. You got Coach K right there, Coach Roy Williams, Bill Self, Izzo, and I knew at that point, like, man. Well, I ain't going to none of them schools. It's a wrap. <laughs> right. It's a wrap, man. I, I never been – it wasn't like a, a dunk on me. It wasn't no body to body, but it was the fact that he had the IQ to go reverse on me and the athleticism, you know. So that's when I knew I had to step it up. So I tried to take my work ethic up a little bit, but I honestly feel that was my biggest thing, man. I just – I should have put in more work, you know, um, just got more shots, stayed in the gym. You know, I was being lazy during the summer. So, uh, is that what? What are you going to instill in your son? You know, when when he tell you, "Hey, Dad, I want to, I want to start hooping." What's like the biggest things you're going to make sure he he knows to carry out on the court with him? Well, you know, like like what you just mentioned, uh, just being out there on the AAU circuit, and then you can kind of just know, like, no, nope, I'm not going there. But in reality, you know, the way I look at it is just because, you know, my people didn't know enough. Or your, maybe your mom, you know what I mean? We just didn't know the game enough. I think the fact that, you know, now that we get older, I've learned so much as far as how recruiting really works. Yeah. I've learned so much about how the AAU process truly is and the people in position that you really need to talk to. Um I'm not saying that you have to be buddy-buddy with them, but I'm just saying you at least have to be able to know them and know who they are in case true, you ever true. need to have a conversation with them. You know what I mean? So all of that stuff, you know, just the behind-the-scenes work, because the way I look at it, no disrespect to these guys that I may name, but, you know, there's a lot of people that have gotten all the way to the pros who don't who've never really been that great. You know what I'm saying? Like, like uh, 
You know, I, I, just, I, just, I just got done watching Philly, right? And on their team, they got T.J. McConnell, T.J. McDonald. I'm not sorry. I'm sorry if I'm saying his name wrong. Now he's a decent little player, but yeah, I I can tell you I've never knew who he was in high school or in college until his uh, senior year in college at Arizona. So I, I didn't know him until uh, until last season. And that's what I'm saying. So somewhere <laughs> along the line, he he was just probably average, but because it, maybe his him and his people may have knew the right people. Yeah. It can kind of just work his way in. Maybe he didn't yeah. automatically get the scholarship at Arizona his freshman and sophomore year, but he was had he was well connected enough to get there and then earn it by the time he's a senior. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So because on every team you watch all these teams on TV, at the end of the bench, there's always six guys who are cheering and standing, and you and you never know who those guys are, where they come from. They had to be good in high school too, right? True. No, nah, they was just decent. You see what I'm saying? Like they was just decent. So that that part is something that just knowing that part that helps because now, you know, in my opinion, I look back everything that I learned, everything that I did, I got from just watching from TV because we ain't had no YouTube, right? Um, or going to a camp and a coach telling me to do it, right? So. These kids have so much more access. And now, you know, my father didn't know anything about basketball. You know what I'm saying? So my son is going to have an opportunity, if he wants it, to at least have a lot of knowledge, a lot of different people you can talk to. I'm not a great ball handler, but guess what? I know 10 people that are. Yeah. It's all about who you know for real. Exactly. So we can get you in the lab and, do whatever we want to do. And if he's blessed enough to be, you know, my height, his mom is tall. So if if you might be taller, who knows? But that's going to be a living. blessing, man. That'd be a that's blessing. Awesome. Yeah, my, I'm uh, really on the opposite end, man. My wife's short, so I, I, I'm, I'm hoping my kids to pan out and be halfway tall. I mean, they – my. My oldest, I mean, my youngest and my, my middle child, my daughter, she, they both looking like they're going to have some height. So, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully they get a little height where um, they want to pick up my youngest, man. He, he really, he's like a diehard basketball junkie. So good. That's the first part, though. Like, yeah. the kids got to want it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, he, he's, he's got, he got a genuine love for it, man. Yeah. There's a lot of 6'10 motherfuckers out here that don't even, don't even care about basketball. Nah. It's a waste of hype, man. Waste <laughs> of hype. So, uh, like I said, real quick, I'm, we're going to wrap it up. I know it's getting late, but I want to talk about the incoming Duke class real quick. They lost Boogie Ellis. Um, actually, R.J. Hampton reclassified, I think, yesterday. And yep. Uh, yep. he yep. dropped yep. Duke out of his final four, so – I'm trying to figure out, I guess I got to read more into it, figure out why Boogie left, because I, I he had already committed, you know, so. I don't know, maybe you know, some inside, you know, from your from your sources, your Duke sources. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of, man, I'm going to touch base on real quick on that Duke thing. Uh, you know, Duke in St. Louis, a lot of people might just think it's just Tatum, obviously, but it really started from the Cardinal Ritter grad, Chris Carowell. Chris Carwell, legend, who is now an assistant at Duke. So, you know that St. Louis connection obviously starts with Carwell, um, but then obviously Jason, and now that Jason kind of got the connection. So, and Chris is obviously now a coach there. You know, Coach K, he has to come through St. Louis just to see at least the best player every time, see what's going on. Yeah, yeah, I forgot um, Carwell was Duke. Yeah, he started the, but uh, as far as Boogie. I think Boogie just caught him, found himself in a situation. Boogie Ellis, that is. He found himself in a situation at Duke where uh, Trey Jones came back. Didn't really see that coming, probably. Thought he was probably going to be one and done. Uh, and then they got they got uh, the kid from Cali, Stashes. I don't know how to say it. Yeah, Cassius Stanley, yeah. Cassius. And uh, he's like a combo guard. They still got Jordan Goldwire. Who I don't think is that great, but you know he's been there a couple of years. I th- I just think Boogie saw himself 
in a in a limited role. And, you know, who knows? He might have, you know, Duke might have asked him the red shirt or, you know, I'm not saying that's what happened because I don't know, but it could have been something like that. And he just yeah, himself saying like, you know, I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to just basically give up a year coming off the bench and just waiting. If I can go to, I think he's going to go to Memphis. If he can go to Memphis and just come walk, walk right in and play right away. Yeah. And Memphis will have a squad. I mean, you got Penny there coaching and then they got, uh, they got the kid, the wise man, big kid. I think he like 6'10". Yeah. He's, uh, I, I think they're going to get like, RJ too. So man, that, that'd be nice. That'd be real nice. RJ, I mean, if he was in 2020, he'd probably go to Duke. But, I mean, he, he moved up, so he did what he had to do. I yeah, when I first moved here, I heard about all the hype on him. Because, I mean, his high school about 25 minutes down the road from where I live, maybe 30, give or take. Um, so, I mean, I heard about all the hype on him. I didn't get to go checking on his games out. But uh, he was on the circuit with Drive Nation, and then he decided to reclassify. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how they go for him. Man, get to the money faster. Get to the league faster. <laughs> why? Why not? You know, why not? That's, I don't I blame him. The same thing, honestly. Yeah, I don't blame him. Did the same thing. All right, we're gonna wrap it up. I want you real quick. I know you. Are you are you a LeBron hater? I know you're a Kobe lover. <laughs> no, I ain't no hater. I just tell the truth. Uh, man, I'm I'm scared. So, what's the truth? I want to know. Everybody want to know. Uh, what's your thoughts on What's your thoughts on Brian? Wasted season. Um, is he gonna finish out in LA? I'm a Lakers Dude, fan I, first. You so, know? so yeah, the truth yeah. is, when he came to LA, I said, "Oh man, he's gonna come to LA with all this drama. He's gonna yep. mess up the team. He's gonna mess up the young cats. They're gonna get rid of Julius Randle because they had signed him and Julius was still there. And then the next day he was gone, but." I was like, they're going to make all these changes. I said, Luke Walton is done. He might as well just leave now. And they're going to bring Ty Luke. I said all of this in a group chat. It's happening. And I was just like, man, I can't. I said, he's going to ruin my Lakers. And they telling me you're going to win the championship in the four years, though. Man, I said, I don't all think right. So, I don't so, think so it's only been one year. You know what I mean? His numbers were still high level. He's still LeBron. I just, I just don't think he impacts winning as much. In the West, I think he completely underestimated the Western Conference. And if he was really about winning, uh, he would have stayed in the East. He probably went to Philly. But I think LeBron, again, kind of like Coach K, hey, I'm going to break all the records in the Lakers jersey. I'm going to break Kobe and Kareem records in this Lakers jersey. So y'all can boo it, not like it or not. If we're going to win, I'm going to try to win if I can, but LeBron trying to think about his next generation of his James game. So yeah, man, yeah. That's why you go out there and you say, "Oh well, I mean, I'm gonna try to win." But he he did what he wanted to do when he won that championship in Cleveland. The day, the next day, he woke up and he said to himself, "I've accomplished everything in basketball. I probably could ever. Nothing's gonna beat this, no matter what." Yeah. I do. That's true. Yeah, I don't think he values. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say I don't think he values winning, but. I don't think that's like his highest priority. Um, I personally feel that, you know, once trade deadline came, they didn't get that other superstar because I feel that was the day one plan. Him and Magic set at the beginning of the oh, season. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> and we're we going to get Kawhi. We're going to get somebody, you know. Somebody's going to come at the beginning of the season. It didn't happen. So, all right, we're going to make it happen by the trade deadline. By the trade deadline, it didn't happen. Nobody came. And I think that's when Brian just shut down completely. And at that point, he just started coach. I mean, he was putting up numbers, but, you know, you could tell, like, the one game where he's sitting all the way away from the bench, you know, he doing stuff like that. He wasn't engaged with that team at all. So, I don't think he'll ever I mean, win another ring, personally. I mean, I don't know because you just never know what will happen. But uh, cause he's still LeBron, but yeah, I just I feel this point in his career, man, he need that that extra player that's gonna help him, cause he honestly don't have faith in the young guys they got. 
but no superstar want to come and join them. So, I mean, you kind of at wit's end with it, like, it is what it is, you know, let me finish. Because he probably only got three, four years left in him for real. Um, so, I, I know he's going to try to stick around for his son to come and play at least one season with his son in the league. But, I mean, he, he might be washed up by then. <laughs> I think. I, I think yeah. so. Kyrie, Kyrie didn't let it out, man. You know, LeBron, 34, dog, cats. He's trying to recruit these 26-year-olds to come play with him. They, I mean, they trying to, they trying to do their own thing, man. They're a different generation. Yeah. So it's hard yeah. to do that. And then, like you said earlier, man, all the drama that come with him, you gotta. I mean, let let's face it. He's not the best. Uh, he don't motivate the team, you know, like like a true captain, a superstar would. You know, <laughs> I feel he he kind of devalued the team at points and kind of belittled them, you know, to where they they don't feel worthy to be playing with him. So. I think that's why you see people like Kawhi like, man, I'm not trying to go there. I don't think KD go there. I think KD and, and Kyrie end up in New York. Uh, I think Kawhi is looking like he – I thought he was going to stay in Toronto, but, I mean, if they if they lose this round, he definitely out of there. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, I think he go to the Clip- – the Clippers is the best spot. The Clippers or, or uh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn got cap space. They got a solid squad. Clippers got cap space, got a solid squad, you know, so you're not going into a bummy situation. So, I mean, push come to shove, Lakers can try to talk Kobe out of retirement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, Kobe dope doing his thing with his man. daughter, man, so Kobe coaching. Kobe, yeah, Kobe coaching his daughter. <laughs> All right, so a couple more, two more things, man. I want you to give me. You can you can do it in particular order if you want to, or or not. But I want you to give me your top five, top five greatest ever. Oh, boy. and it it don't have to be no particular order. No order. No order. You can just just so ramble it, them up. So, so is it top five? Like if I'm gonna go play a game, or is it top five? Just just who I think the top five is. Uh, just who you think it is. I can go. I'll go first. I'll give you my top five. All right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Shaq. I'm gonna go MJ. I'm gonna go Bron. I'm gonna go Larry Bird. Ooh. And I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Kobe. All right. So I'm your top five. So, so you know Magic. No magic. No magic, no Kareem, no Duncan. Nah. Duncan was cool. I mean, but nah. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm going to go, damn, top five. All right, so I'm going to give you just top five, but I'm going to give you top five, like the top five guys I would go play a basketball game with, though. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, nah, I got you. So top five, MJ, Kobe, Kareem, LeBron. This is going to be a little bit of a reach. This is going to be a little bit of a reach, but I'm going to go Akeem Olajuwon. Oh, dream. So that's my top five. You know what, man? I'm MJ, like- Kobe, right? MJ, Kobe, Kareem, Bronny, and Hakeem the Dream. Yeah. Okay. With Magic and Larry coming off the bench. <laughs> okay. Man, one thing I didn't notice about Larry Bird, man, I, I think I watched like three documentaries before I noticed this, but dude talks so much trash. He talks, yeah. Oh, my God. And if God. you really pay attention, he really created the step back. He was doing step backs on cast back then. Man, I mean, it, it was to the point where he talked trash. He'd tell you what he about to do. And then he turned around and do it. Yeah. I'm like, man, that, I mean, to me, that was, I never noticed that about him. Like I said, it took me like three documentaries. The last one being, uh, they had one about the dream team. I'm like, man, Larry Bird was, he was ruthless. <laughs> he, he was ruthless, ruthless white dude out there fighting and everything. Yeah. And I, 
I appreciate you coming on, man. And uh, last thing, man, is uh, I'm going to have this as a recurring question. Everybody I have, come on. Uh, yeah. I always ask them this question. What would they So, so what would Grant, what would Grant Agbo Sr. tell himself, you know, 25 years ago, what, what would you say to yourself? Man, don't expect, don't expect for it to come to you. You got to go, you got to go out and get it. You got to go out and reach for it. Okay. You got to grind for it. That's what I would tell myself uh, 15 years ago. Just don't expect it to happen like you gotta make it happen put in that work yeah i mean you see it that that would translate perfectly man because you you see all the, the videos man you got high school cats the top high school cats are you know working out like they straight in the league already you know everybody yeah. got a train yeah. everybody got a trainer now everybody you know in the gym putting up three thousand shots a day and I'm trying to figure out when they're doing schoolwork because But that, that pushes you though. Like if you think yeah. like if you come home from Milwaukee or something, you had a great tournament, and you think like, oh man, I'm I'm the man. And you go on you meet a kid on, on that same day and on Tuesday, he in the gym, you like, Oh shit, I need to get in the gym. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I just think that's, that's iron and sharpening iron. I like that they do that a little bit now. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean like I said, I, I would tell myself the same thing, man, to, to work harder, you know, put in that work, go go get what you want to get. You know, it's not going to come to you. I mean, and that, to me, that that's that's my story right there is I expected it to come to me. Yeah. You know, it was a little eye-opener. Uh, playing on the AAU circuit, you know, I felt like, man, I'm in pretty good shape. You know, yeah. I, I got it yeah. down packed. And then you go against Dwight Howards and J.R. Smiths, them type of guys, and they handing it to you, then you realize, like, nah, man, I'm way, I'm way further away than what I thought. So than what I thought, yeah, yeah, man, I, I would tell myself the same thing, you know, go, go get what you're trying to get, don't wait for it. So, yeah, man, I, I appreciate you coming on. Um, we're gonna wrap it up, but uh, I appreciate you, know, you for having me, man. It's a blessing to be a part of that ice cold. It's called Facts, man. You the, the first guest. Like I said, I, I kept pushing the issue to get you on because, you know, I just felt that it was only right, man, that, you know, that I got you on first. So uh, I appreciate you finally, you know, making that time for me. I know you're busy. You know, you just came back from uh came back from London, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a family yeah, out there, man, just, you know, seeing the great world. Yeah, doing Doing big things, so. You know, I appreciate you taking that time out, time out for the little bro, and uh, you know, hopefully oh, we get you on again, man. When I get uh, when I get Mike on, you know, hopefully we can uh, get Mike and probably try to grab Reese, man. Get the, get the Deuce Gang on, and uh, <laughs> we we could chop it up. I man, Reece, I told Reese, man, he he doing his thing in the coaching world too. With the, with the, yeah, I think he got his, third grade with the young. Yeah, his, so. his son pretty good too. Yeah, man. So hopefully we can all just get on one day, and and just chop it up, get us four on, and talk some talk some noise and and all that good stuff. Yeah, man. It'd be an honor. I can't wait. All right, man. Well, I'm gonna let you go, man. Uh, like I said, thanks for jumping on. Um, you know, and I'm here, man. I'm I'm here to to learn from you from the coaching, the coaching world, and just you know life life stuff as well. Like I said, I. I think highly of you, man. So I appreciate, like I said, everything you've done for me. And we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Man, no problem, bro. Love, always. Anytime you need anything, man, I'm there for you. And you've been there for me too, man. It's not not one way, man. Love is love, bro. Always. Oh, I can't let you out talking about this real quick. That open jam session. <laughs> <laughs> you already know where I'm going with it, man. You got to tell that story real quick. You can tell it better than I can. Now, I don't. You already know what I'm going with. So, so this is all I know. So, Coach Jacob, we <laughs> open gym comes in. Coach Jacob comes up. He come up to me and uh, was it me and John? Strokey <laughs> was playing football, so Strokey didn't. He wasn't at the open gym. I think he came later. Maybe uh, he came up to me and John. I was like, "Hey, got this kid. Got this kid. Isom coming in. Uh, he's from Carter Ritter. I've never seen him play. I heard he's pretty good, pretty decent. Played JV last year. I don't know what to expect. Tell me what you guys think." I was like, all right, cool. 
you walk. We had already started, so you walked in late. So you see, I see this kid coming in, bouncing in, probably about a buck ninety, but his calves looked like he was, you know, like he was already squatting five, six hundred pounds. So, <laughs> so we was like, all right. So we was just like, oh, that's the kid right there. Let's see what happened. <laughs> he came into the game. He came into the game. He came into the game. Literally within two possessions, we're just like, well, let's check him out. Everybody's just like, ah, we don't know, whatever. I think he took a jumper. And he missed the jumper. It's like, oh, but he left-handed though. I'm like, all right, cool. Literally, like thirty seconds later, <laughs> after he missed the jumper, it was a corner. It was a uh, it was a wing jumper. He missed it. He was running back. Somebody turned the ball over, so he got a steal. He was he was ahead. They threw it ahead. Somebody was back there. I don't know who it was. Dude, dude just took off, just with them thick ass calf muscles. Just took off, <laughs> and and bro just hopped up like a kangaroo, and just yanked and just yanked that joint, just dunked that bitch like. Hmm. It was like some, it was a grown, some grown man. I don't even know who dude was. Usually, when somebody dunk in the gym, everybody go crazy and run around like, oh. He dunked because he was new. We ain't know him. He dunked in the gym. Everybody just kind of, their mouth just dropped. And they just looked at each other like, did that shit just happen, bro? Like, <laughs> looked at Coach Jacob. <laughs> we looked at Coach Jacob. He was he had his mouth closed. He was shaking his head. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's pretty much all I need to see. <laughs> it was a wrap. <laughs> it was a wrap. That's oh, probably man, the next yeah. day. That's probably when he told you, yeah, I'm going to drive to Jeff City. <laughs> Let's go to <laughs> Yeah, man. I couldn't believe I did that either. I'm like, man. So that was the introduction. In the <laughs> hey, allow me to reintroduce myself. <laughs> we, was, <laughs> we was like, what school you come from again? <laughs> he was like, Cardinal Ritter. Yeah, man, hey, I, bro. I always like when you tell that story. Because cats, man, <laughs> you know, people forget, you know, the hops is, the hops are still there. You know, I just gotta, you know, stretch a little more and <laughs> get myself ready. But I can still get up, cut. All right, bro. I'm gonna let you go, man. Uh, like I said, you know, we, we'll get you back on, and um, you know, you, you let me know if you need anything. All right, brother. All right, man. I'll Appreciate you, man. Ice cold facts. Tune in. Listen to it. All right. All right, bro. All right, man.